0: Entrepreneur's Circle is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands network.
1: Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle with Eric Cabral. On this episode... If you really
0: have like a, a pulse on your business, you know, like you're generally going to always kind of be able to make fairly good decisions...
1: Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you
2: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle podcast. My name is Pablo Gonzalez. Eric Cabral has done me the great honor of guest hosting the Entrepreneur Circle podcast for him for a couple of episodes. I am normally the host of the Chief Executive Connector podcast. And today we have an awesome guest who is a lifelong seasoned entrepreneur, founder, and CEO that has built multiple successful companies from the ground up. He's helped build industry icons such as Hostgator which grew from a small company to over 3 million websites hosted during his time there. And nowadays, he's the founder and CEO of Profit Layer, which I can't wait to dive in on. But I want to welcome Timothy Dick.
0: Welcome, Timothy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
2: Super happy to 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 dive into your story, man. This is fascinating. Do you go by Timothy or do you go by Tim? How how do you like to be referred to?
0: Tim's fine. Yeah.
2: Tim Tim is Tim is Tim is cool. All
0: right. So Tim, as
2: uh as we were talking, you know, right before we started recording here, I'm I'm just this big believer that people bond quickest if if they're able to share some kind of vulnerability with you right because we're gonna add a bunch of value to people's lives here and I and I want our friend that's listening right now to to understand that you're a regular dude like everybody else man so if if you can is there, is there anything that you're struggling with right now or something you've like struggled a lot in the past that we can dive into before we get into your story
0: yeah I think one of the things that uh you know always kind of comes up is uh really just self-confidence and uh Really, um, this year I focused a lot on putting myself out there more, you know, and getting out, uh, sharing my story, and hoping to, you know, help a lot of people. And I think that looking back, you know, I grew up in a, a small town, uh, very shy, uh, you know, quiet uh, kid, and uh, went on uh, to uh, pretty rapidly uh, change my environment entirely. And, uh, so I think that, uh, you know, that's something that is always a work in progress. You know, it's just, uh, self-confidence and, uh, you know, just being, uh, confident in, uh, putting yourself out there. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah. That is, you know, I ask this question of everybody that I interview and most I would say like 70 to 80% of people answer with something similar to that, right? Imposter syndrome, right? Like no matter, no matter how far you've come, the idea that do I, do I belong here? I should, should I, should I be the one in the front of the room kind of thing? What have you, you know, have you found anything that's helped you with that, man? Like you're, you're clearly an accomplished dude, right? So, so what's, what, what, what's, uh, what's helped you, you know, get, get more comfortable telling your story?
0: I think one of the things really that's helped a lot is just actually talking about it and telling it, you know, and it's kind of one of those things, like the more you do it, the easier it gets, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's something that uh, there's, there's uh, the practice helps, you know, it helps get it out there, but then uh, also just the feedback that I've gotten, you know, and, and, some of the, some of the, uh, feedback that's actually talked about how, you know, someone maybe that would reach out and just say, Hey, you know, I heard you talk about this and that really helped me, you know, with, with something else. And so it's, uh, it's really the feedback has helped, uh, but ultimately it's just one of those things, like it's just doing it and, uh, realizing too, you know, that nothing's ever like in anything in business in life, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if you just show up and, uh, you know, give it, uh, give it your best, you know, that it's uh, usually going to work out.
2: Yeah, I love it, man. F- funny how that works. We're not great at anything that we've never done before, right?
0: <laughs> it's, right. All,
2: it's all anything, anything that you are unco. Anything that you are doing, you have to do it multiple times before you get comfortable in doing it and get, and get good at it, just like anything else, right?
0: Yeah. And I would say the other thing, too, is just really, uh, you know, working a lot. Like, I'm, I'm very into uh, personal development and yeah. just, you know, always working on, uh, you know, personal development uh, in terms of, you know, books, courses, podcasts, you know, just always basically looking at, uh, how can I, how can I be better? How can I learn and grow? And, uh, you know, just always working on uh, mindset. I think that's one of the things that, you know, and everybody, you know, can benefit from is, you know, just working, working on that. So.
2: Heck yeah, man. So let's, so let's dive into it, right? Like what is, sure. set, you grew up in, you grew up in West Virginia, right? That is, uh, that's pretty generally pretty rural, um can can you kinda give me your sure. your origin story of how you went from growing up in West Virginia to where you're at now?
0: Yeah, it was a pretty crazy journey, but yeah, born and raised rural West Virginia and I'm talking very rural. Uh you know, like uh in town, a you know, a gas station, a post office, uh and a dollar store, and that's pretty much it. Uh gotta I, drive an I would, hour I
2: would have guessed the fire right? usually when you're <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so seasonally. Seasonally, yeah, seasonally they'll set up <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But you had to drive an hour just to get to Walmart, which is where every you know, you shop for everything. Yeah. Uh you know, and two really two hours to get to, you know, any any other types of, you know, shopping and stuff. So very rural, small town. Uh and, you know, like I said, I was a very quiet, shy kid, but uh I always kinda of felt a little different, wanted to to uh, get, uh, get out there. I always wanted to move to a bigger city, you know, and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, my uh, dad uh, was coal miner. Um, No one in my family was really entrepreneurial. Uh, So, you know, I'm not sure exactly where that bug came from, but uh, from there, basically started first business in middle school, self-taught, just kind of figured it out. Uh, Basically once I got on the internet, I was kind of off to the races because I figured out that I could anything I didn't know I could look up and you know if I uh spent enough time you know I could figure it out. So I you know got into computer repair uh then self taught, you know I was building computers, helping people with them. I just put up flyers around town, put little display ads in the newspaper and was doing pretty well uh and then Uh, The catalyst was kind of getting into websites and building websites. This was, uh, you know, back late 90s, early 2000s. So it was a really good time, you know, and here I was uh, in middle school, uh, you know, building these websites and all these money orders were just like showing up for like thousands of dollars. And, you know, my parents had no idea what was going on. They're like, I hope you're not selling drugs. Like, what are you doing on the computer? Because they didn't really use the computer much. You know, there's like, what is going on? But uh, I ended up uh, basically turning that into six-figure business, uh, you know, in middle school. So I went to kind of became like this local celebrity, you know, with that. And I got from there, you know, I realized that, uh, cause the catalyst there was really, you know, getting into web design and realizing that I had the ability to sell to people and work with people that were outside of the local area by using the internet. And then the next catalyst was really, uh, learning about, uh, recurring income and subscriptions so uh for me like the natural fit for that was hey you know you you get a website built you need a web host to host it so you need like for anyone that that doesn't know by now uh you know it's a lot more common now but it's basically the server and where the website is stored on you know it's the best way to put it you know so when you access a website the website is stored somewhere out on the internet or in the cloud so it's providing that service and Typically, you know, people—it's a subscription service like a utility, or kind of like your internet internet service bill. And so, I started uh, adding that, adding that to the mix. I, I just love this idea of subscription income, recurring income, and seeing it compound. And built that through you know high school with websites, uh, computer repair, and web hosting, and uh, then uh, started meeting. Uh, some larger players in the industry as I uh, you know graduated high school uh, finished up early uh, from high school and uh, moved to upstate New York uh, not too long after that to uh, be part of a, a larger hosting company and kind of rolled my business into it uh, you know and uh, took an executive position there uh, was there for a couple of years but we didn't didn't really Get along that well uh, in terms of the way that uh, the founder of that company and I had different views. And so uh, in 2006, uh, yeah, I think it was 2006, uh, my friend that I had met online on a message board, Brent, uh, had uh, started Hostgator. You know, Hostgator was doing pretty well at the time, you know, it was still. Just about nine people or so, but uh, you know it was growing very fast. And you know he said, "Hey, do you want to come down?" So went, I moved down to South Florida and where he was based, and uh, you know joined HostGator as the first COO, and uh, we uh, grew HostGator like crazy. It out was the kind of like a <laughs> yeah. kind of like a rocket ship. Yeah. Uh, we were only. I, in florida he had grown up there uh but you know we were only there for a few months before we realized we're growing so fast it's very hard to hire for the types of positions that we need you know for tech support and the cost of living so high and everything so we moved to houston uh, we went from this little 1500 square foot uh space uh that was like completely packed at the time because we were hiring so many people to buying a thirty five thousand square foot building in houston Wow. We're, we went there and, you know, we, we, I remember like the first night, you know, like after, you know, we'd gotten the keys to the building and, you know, all that. And it was like, we are never going to use this much space. Like this will last forever, you know, but, uh, it had tenants on three floors and, you know, it was a four story building. So the fourth floor, you know, we, we had our uh, operations on and the other floors released out, you know, and the tenants paid the mortgage. So, you know, we were, uh, good there. And within like two months, we realized after hiring a couple hundred people and we realized we were growing so fast that, uh, it, uh, we needed all the space and more. So we actually, at you know, that point, like one point we actually had like a an entire nationwide billboard campaign just for hiring. Wow. I mean, that's how fast we were growing. It was, you know, and, uh, so
2: what, what, from, around what year is this?
0: Uh, so the, I joined HostGator around 2006. So okay. this would have been, uh, you know, the 2006 and the two, three years after that. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it.
2: Interesting. And, so, I, so, so back yeah. then Facebook advertising wasn't there, right? Like you had to do a national billboard campaign because you couldn't just target people on Facebook, right?
0: Yeah. The, basically, uh, our biggest things for growing HostGator, Google AdWords, yeah, AdWords was around. So that was, that mm-hmm. was huge for us. Our affiliate program was huge. Um, you know, we paid out millions of dollars a month in commissions wow. um, and basically a lot of word of mouth, organic, um, but primarily the affiliate program and AdWords. Fair Facebook advertising wasn't really, wasn't really around much back then. I don't even know if it had launched yet. Yeah, And uh, yeah, so, you know, we just, the, the biggest things there, you know, we just had to kind of figure things out as we went, you know, I was like 21, 22, uh, you know, the founder was three years older than me. Uh, so, you know, we, we just figured it out and we grew, uh, soon we had about 3 million websites hosted, uh, hundreds of employees, uh, you know, revenue, <laughs> revenue was in like nine figures. And it was crazy, um, but it was good. And I had started a, uh, a phone company, a voice over IP phone company while there. Um, and the founder of HostGator had invested in it as a minority partner because he wanted, he kind of wanted me to start another business. He just wanted to invest in it for diversification. So I started it, uh, you know, and he invested Um, and we built a nationwide phone network, uh, out over the next few years. And, uh, that company, the, the thought process there was not everybody needs web hosting. So what's another subscription service that we can sell to a wider net of people? And obviously everybody needs phone service. And this was actually, when we started it, this was before the iPhone, before any of that. So we, you know, launched it uh, and VoIPO and uh, still own it today. Uh, So, you know, it's 14 years old now, but uh, still have it. And uh, I had, you know, bought his share out, you know, a long time ago. So I'm the sole owner of it now, but uh, we have residential, mostly residential customers, about 80%. Uh, maybe more uh, all over the country and we're doing a lot more in the B2B space, but the residential business is still a nice, simple, strong, strong business.
2: Yeah. Steady Um, recurring revenue. They're not going anywhere.
0: Yeah. And you know, and so it's, it's a good business, but you know, I kind of got over time, you know, got uh, a little bored with it. You know I mean? Everything's running smoothly, all that. So uh, started doing a lot of, uh, just consulting, just kinda, uh, just kinda a little bit here and there. And then it turned into, uh, consulting. I kept getting more and more people, you know, approaching me. And, uh, then I, you know, started doing consulting for, you know, investment funds, helping them, uh, do, uh, due diligence and find companies to, you know, to do deals with and, you know, to help them, uh, evaluate companies. And, uh, so got into consulting and, you know, with, with that's something that I really liked a lot because I was able to go and help someone look at their business from a different angle. If I was working with, you know, the, the business or an entrepreneur and help them just see things from a little bit of, uh, a different angle and perspective and either solve a problem or help them scale or, you know, whatever they need and help them be able to leverage some of the experience that I had over the years, uh, that I, you know, learned, uh, with trial and error, uh, and apply that to their businesses to, you know, achieve things faster. So I've been doing a lot more of that and, uh, consulting business has done, done, uh, well, we uh, actually uh, acquired a digital agency uh, about a year and a half ago, too, to add in because we had a lot of people that once they got fundamentals cleared up, you know, then they wanted to grow. So we uh, uh, have a really, really strong uh, digital agency uh, internally. Uh, you know, some of our clients for, for, for that uh, are uh, Jay Abraham, uh our Group. Uh, you know a lot in the personal development and coaching space but then also in, uh we have some in the medical space we have some in uh, uh, we have fertility we have I mean just anything we have a hockey team and just anything you could think of and uh, so we have a, a pretty diverse group there and that's that's one of the things I love is that diversity and being able to help so many of them so that's kind of a you know a long story in a nutshell, but that's kind of what I have going on. Uh, you're a beast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing this story and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's an animal. So much, so much I want to dive into. So that, that company that you brought in, that you said at that, that's Profit Layer, right? That, that's your, the, the consulting yeah, profit, and digital?
0: Profit Layer is the consulting company mm-hmm. and the digital agency is under Profit Layer. Um, okay. We merged it. So it's under the, Roughly your
2: umbrella. Amazing, dude. Amazing. All right, man. So a couple of things I wanna I wanna dive into from your story mm-hmm. is the first thing you said was that you became a local celebrity. This is in the early nineties, mid nineties, right? Like what 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 is uh what what does local celebrity look like? Were you getting like pieces on the on the evening news kind of thing? Like what's what's local celebrity look like?
0: Yeah, uh cover of the newspaper, you know, I had a, a magazine cover, like the Capitol, uh, you know, the Capitol was actually like, uh, like our school, I remember, like, I got an award from like this, you know, the state of West Virginia, you know, and so that drew attention to the school. Uh, the school actually, uh, one year they do, you know, the school had like an internal newspaper and the April Fool's edition was taught, was basically how I had bought the school and all the changes that I was making. I mean, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. And I think that one of the things that made it, it, you know, even, I mean, obviously, you know, having that level of success young was, was something that was a big deal, but it was also the fact that, A lot of people there did not realize that was even possible, you know, because especially because the Internet was so new, you know, so they didn't really uh, embrace it. And I think that's one of the the keys is that, you know, anyone uh, can just because you're in a small town or, you know, you're somewhere like that, you you can find ways to go beyond that and, you know, work with people in other places. So you're not limited by that. And I think that was something that a lot of people didn't really understand, but uh, you know, it, it caused uh, quite a, quite a stir there.
2: I bet, man. I bet. So like that idea of we no longer have borders or limitations to who we can communicate and who we can work with, right? Like that seems so normal now, but back then it was, and by the way, we say it seems so normal because we're in this group of people that have been leveraging this. Right. For, you know, uh, at, at a skill set for a while, man, when you step out and you talk to like a commercial real estate broker and they're like, well, what do you mean uh, Facebook? That's like what my kid's on or something like that. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so, so I think it's, it's very interesting that you bring up and, and I, and I brought it up out of the interest of like. It took so much to become a local celebrity, right? Like you needed to have these gatekeepers bestow upon you the front page of the paper and bestow upon you like the the story in the news. Nowadays, people can do it on their own, right? Like like you right. you can you can make it happen with the internet that is so available, right? And 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 and, and be there. Have you did that You know, did did that level of exposure and validation at that time did that did that land upon you like as a as a mindset shift, or you were just so far ahead of the game that they were just catching up to you at that point?
0: Um, You know, I think at the time I didn't realize uh, how big of a deal it was. You know, I was just kind of doing my thing. That was like, you know, I I didn't do a lot of the you know traditional you know high schools if I didn't go to college or anything like that. But so so I feel like instead of doing that, I was just doing my thing, you know. And, uh, so I didn't realize fully, uh, you know, how big of a deal it was until later on. Um, but, you know, it it was something that I just looked at it as, it, you know, it's I look at business as a game, you know, and it's, it's just, that was, you know, my sort of choice. I mean.
2: That's cool. I like that. I like that. I like how you said that it's a game and it's your sort of choice.
3: on-air brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.
2: Talk to me about when you moved, and and I hear some of myself in this story, right? You moved to upstate New York for an opportunity. You're kind of out on a limb there, right? You're leaving home for the first time and you realized you made the wrong move based on, I don't know if you realized you made the wrong move, right? But like you you had the wrong partnership, right? Like talk talk to me about your decision-making process of whether or not to double down on having made this partnership or just be like, whatever, I'm already out on a limb. I might as well snap it off and go somewhere else. Is that, is that kind of how I went?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, uh, in an executive role there with, you know, a company and it, it was kind of like one of those things that, uh, we just had very different personalities. Uh, you know, and. uh, I was, uh, just, we, we just kind of tolerated each other and, uh, you know, at, uh, some point, you know, it just kind of, it was just kind of like we were both just kind of over it. And so, uh, you know, I knew, uh, that I just wanted to make a change. And so I just kind of went for it.
2: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I bring it up not to, you know, not to get into the relationship, but to get, to get into like the uniqueness of not most people are built to move somewhere and then be like, well, I'm just going to move somewhere else. Right. Like not most people are, are built to like move period. Right. right. So, so talk to me about that transition, man. So you, you decided you wanted to make a change. Um, how did you, how did you go from upstate New York to South Florida?
0: Oh, uh, it was, it was really fast. It was literally, just having the conversation, you know, I, like I said, I met, uh, Founder on a message board, you know, he's hey, do you want to come join it? So I flew down, uh, we met, uh, you know, it kind of hit it off. And like the first the first night, you know, I went down, uh, we had went to dinner and then back to his house and we were just talking. And we actually, uh, talked for I think like eight hours straight, you know, and we just, were like, oh wow, it's it's like really like it's like 4 a.m., you know, and uh. So, I, I felt it just felt right, you know. We had like, uh, you know, similar beliefs and stuff, and that was really what was uh, missing, you know, or the problem, you know, with the other. So, basically, within, you know, I just immediately pretty much went back home, and said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing and moving, uh, and just packed everything up and, uh, you know, made the move.
2: So, you're pretty, are you, um, sounds like you were being pretty intuitive back then right and i think that that as a young man like you're like 20 at that point 2021 something like that yeah you know so that 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 to me is pretty normal and you know it's more normal in a young man than in a than in a more developed adult do you where are you at these days on following gut like that versus guardrails and procedures you've set around
0: it's you know now it's definitely a lot uh it would be a lot harder to move now you know, um, so even, you know, going from there, you know, when we ended up in going from Florida to Houston out of the need to, you know, be able to hire more easily the cost of living, um, once I had launched, uh, the voice for IP company and it got to a point where it was taking most of my attention. And so I just kind of, with HostGator, I transitioned into more of kind of just like, strategically involved like you know when there was like a major thing happening uh but i was focused on it and i just knew that i didn't really i couldn't see myself staying in houston um you know long term so that's whenever i moved uh, and i ended up moving uh in 2010 to uh orange county california so that's where i'm at now i've been here for about 10 years um and yeah, you know, it's uh, it's something that that was still probably pretty easy, but it's like now, you know, I've been here ten years. I mean, you know, I have office, I have employees, you know, I have yeah. all the. I'm much more established and attached, yeah. you know. So it it uh, it's harder to think about moving now.
2: I mean you also kind of live in paradise bro right like orange county's awesome i lived i lived in huntington beach for 5 years man like i uh i'm a you know the weather the natural environment the proximity to amazing things that would make it harder than houston
0: <laughs> yeah you know the the one thing that that's uh interesting with that is uh i actually don't i hate heat you know <laughs> and so that's the one thing you know but it's like, I hate heat. And I always, you know, I kind of miss rain. And sometimes I say I miss winter, Then I visit my family in West Virginia in the winter. And after like, a day of snow, I'm just like, yeah, screw this. I forgot about how ice builds up all the cars and, you know, all these different, uh, I kind of get my feel for a year, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: bet
2: bet that. I bet. So talk to me about like, to me, the the real meat in all of this is the idea that you're this like early twenties guy that without any formal college education or anything like that, like you're how did you navigate scaling to such a, to such a degree, right? Like where, have you always been process oriented? Was it super chaotic and it, the pain of it taught you to do it? Talk, talk to me about that.
0: Um, You know, it was something that I think, I think that there was actually a benefit in the fact that we had, we didn't really have any external influences. You know, I mean, there was no, there weren't any outside investors or anything like that. So we didn't have anyone like pushing us to do things in any certain way. And so we just kind of really were able to uh, just kind of go with things and just do what we thought would be the best thing for, you know, our clients and the company. And we just always kind of looked through things or looked at things through that lens and just really, um, just kind of went for it, you know, and it was one of those things that, uh, you know, there, there were definitely, you know, some mistakes made, but we, we would just course correct, you know, and i think that a lot of people are so worried about in whether they're scaling or even just starting you know they get so worried about getting all the details perfect and you know i have to do all these things you know and it's like you don't have to do anything you know there there are uh, those are just like processes and you know for different types of businesses different people personalities, you know, they're going to have a unique set of, uh, processes and ways that they want to run their business. And people generally, if they try to follow, you know, something that is conflicting with what they naturally feel that they should do, that's where they run into problems, you know? And so that, that's really the big thing is like, we just kind of did it, you know, and we, when we had a problem, you know, we would just figure it out, you know, and go from there. But, you know, I think there, there's key and, uh, or there's a key thing in just like being uninfluenced because we weren't looking at like, we have to do things this way, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing, you know, action, action, and following your gut as a major kind of recurring thing here right like you don't you don't think twice you start and then you go with what feels good and you iterate from there is that kind of like what your ethos has developed into
0: yeah for the most part um you know i think that it's one of those things that if you if you really have like a a pulse on your business you know like you're uh generally going to always kind of be able to make fairly good decisions you know they're not always going to be accurate or you know the right thing but if you just kind of go with your gut you know i've always found that uh doing that and just knowing your priorities and like you know with hostgator it was like you know our the level of service we provide you know our clients like everything we do needs to be filtered through that um and yeah just by having figuring out what you want and what you want your business to be and what you, uh, how you want to operate it. Because like you, for a lot of people growing a very large business is not what they would really want. You know, it's like they, some people, you know, thrive on that. Some would be happy, you know, with a, a business that has less stress and requires less time, you know, that just makes like, you know, a nice living. I mean, the, everybody has different goals. And if you allow yourself to kind of look at your your goals and realize that it's okay not to focus on, you know, I have to grow constantly or, you know, you just have to figure out what you want. And then I think if you really, really figure out what you want and where you want to be, then it's much easier to, uh, you know, to use your gut and, and do that. If you don't know what you want, though, and you don't know where you want to get to, then you know the gut decisions are probably not going to be as as good.
2: Yeah, then it's just shiny object syndrome, right? If you yeah. don't have, if you don't have like a true north that you're kind of like tacking towards.
0: Yeah, so,
2: go go go, please.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, or you know, like with shiny object, you know, or a lot of the times, like I see people that they're doing a lot of things, none of them are actually moving them forward you know, they're just, but they're keeping busy because, you know, it mentally, it kind of justifies like, you know, not making a big decision or not like honing in on something. So yeah, it's definitely, you, you, it's, it's really key to figure out what you want and, and realize that it is, it's okay to, to, uh, you know, to create what you want, you know, and even, because even like within marketing, you know, like, creating content is not for everybody, you know, pay-per-click is not for everybody. Like we don't, there's no one magic bullet, you know, a lot of it is, uh, personality based and, you know, based on, you know, what the business owner is looking to do and, you know, what, how they want to run their business and, you know, who their clients are.
2: It makes a lot of sense, man. So, all right. So then tell me what is, profit layers, like what do you want profit layer to be? Like you said, you said two things, you said priorities and then knowing what you want, right? Like when you were talking about HostGator, what are, what are the priorities of profit layer and what and what do you want it to be?
0: Yeah. So with profit layer, um, you know, it started out just as consulting and then uh, we eventually added a digital agency arm, you know, for helping companies grow. And profit layer for me is kind of a, a way for me to uh, be able to help people in a lot of different industries and get exposure to all of these things. Cause it's just fun for me to be able to, you know, help, but I don't necessarily want to build a full business in different industries. So I like meeting people that, um, you know, are doing, uh, you know, cool things or have cool ideas and basically being able to help them, uh, navigate everything and get over the you know the hurdles and a lot of it is uh comes down to whether they're looking to solve a problem or grow it's uh just basically they get so caught up in running the business that they overlook a lot of stuff and when you actually zoom out you know and take like uh, an external uh look at things there are a lot of things that, it's, that you can find it to you know help them you know solve a problem or just change the entire course of things and grow and so for me it's uh you know it's something that i would say a lot of it is is for fun i mean it's something that you know i i'm pretty in terms of like like financially i'm pretty solid you know f- for life so it's kind of like a but i'm 34 so got to have something to do, you know, and it, so it's just a, it's fun for me. And also, you know, there's the element of like with the agency, you know uh, we help a lot of companies scale and uh, also get to uh, you know, help and provide opportunity to a lot of people that are looking to uh, grow as well. You know, either, you know, that like we have a, an amazing team, um, you know, and some amazing clients and just like it's just really to be able to help them scale or, you know, so we might clean up some of the, the issues that they have, but then when they're ready to scale, that's really where, you know, the fun comes in too.
2: That sounds awesome, man. Like having a, having a guy like you that you're not, you're not going to be driven by scarcity. You have all this experience. You're doing what you love. Come in as an advisor it has to be, you know to me it's like that triple bottom line benefit of just like you're in your sauce the the person bringing you on is is is, is there to get like the you know empower you know you you're you're putting somebody in their in their true in their truest form to do what they're good at right like that, that that sounds like a yeah like a great experience all the way around yeah cuz
0: I, I mean and i always approach everything really um, like as from a consultative perspective you know so everything there's no magic list or, you know, everything doesn't fit in a box, you know, it's, uh, everything's custom really. So it's kind of, uh, you know, like the, what, what I typically do with clients, you know, to start out is like, we book, uh, what we call like an office day, you know, where, you know, before the pandemic, you know, usually we would, you know, they would come to the office. We would just spend the entire day together. You know, people would fly in and, Uh, we literally just dive into everything and, uh, get a very full picture of their business and, and, uh, you know, then from there kind of prescribe, you know, because like if you don't have all the information about their business, you know, it's kind of like, it would be kind of like going to the doctor and, you know, they just give you medicine without actually asking you any questions you know, yeah. so we yeah. kind of did that Which and now happens we more, often than,
2: more often than yeah. you think in doctor's offices and in consulting practices, right?
0: Yeah. You know, cause a lot of people are like, well, you know, this person told me I have to do Facebook ads and this person told me I needed a webinar and this person told me I need whatever. And it's, it's like in reality, any of those things could work, you know, but that's with profit layer, the company, you know, that's where, you know, I came up with, uh, The name of the company, because in in a business, you know, there are different layers of things. You have to have all those layers to make things work. You know, you have to have marketing, you have to have finance, you have to have, you know, fulfillment and delivery. You know, all these different things. But for different types of businesses and different preferences, you know, you'll have thinner or thicker layers. And then within each layer, like you could pull out the marketing layer, and then it's like what layers need to go into that, you know, and it's custom too. So instead of just pushing people into one box, you know, we figure out, okay, you know, we can layer together a combination of things, uh, you know, like multiple ad platforms, you know, so we can run uh, YouTube ads, uh, Facebook ads, Google ads, have you uh, on podcasts and, you know, send people to a link that we're gonna pixel, it just, we connect it all. So, like, basically, it's all—all all of these things are uh, just their channels for your customers to come in through. But they're uh, also working together. So, when someone comes into your ecosystem, then it helps all of those—all of those things. And so, you know, if someone clicks on a Facebook ad, they're going to start seeing you more on YouTube or whatever the case is. So, we layer that together for them, and but it's all based on. What is you know the best thing that we what we think is best for them you know in their business?
2: I love it, man. I love it dude I, and I love the I love the imagery of layers, right because uh, you know you people talk about funnels all the time, and funnels have layers, but it doesn't have to be in that way. It's kind of these days we're just kind of in these like concentric circles that that all that are all different layers and and, and how you build each one is what's going to determine how it goes, man. So I want to go through, I do a rapid fire layer sure. in my, in my <laughs> interviews. You ready okay. for it, man? Pip Pam, bam, let Take a sip. What is, what is your favorite restaurants and what meal do you get there?
0: Favorite restaurant? Uh, I, I would say uh, lately it's probably uh, Chipotle, you know, and just like a, a breedable
2: Ain't nothing wrong with Chipotle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What type of content are you most into right now? Like, uh, it could be a, a podcast. It could be a, a book that you're really into. Like, what, what are you most into right now?
0: Uh, anything personal development, you know, uh, personal development, uh, technology, SaaS,
2: yeah. uh, anything Wh- like that. Who are your go-tos in that space? Like, who are you learning the most from right now that you like?
0: Uh, Harvecker and Jay Abraham, you know, they're clients too. So obviously I follow them a lot. And, uh, you know, I would say in the SaaS space, uh, Nathan Lodka. Um, uh, yeah.
2: Awesome, man. Yeah, dude. i always, I love working with clients that have, make great content that I can also get behind. Right. Like that, that's such a good feeling. What is something that you were sure about in your twenties that you no longer believe?
0: Sure about in my twenties that I no longer believe. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. That's, uh, I, I guess, uh, I guess I would say like I was uh, the path that I saw for the future, and it that you know has evolved over time. You know, so I guess what I thought was going to be my future, uh, you know, was not like, it just, you know, it's a little bit different.
2: What What did you think your future was going to be?
0: Um, just in terms of like, uh, like I never really saw myself going into getting into consulting and, you know, uh, the private equity type stuff, you know, it was more, you know, I felt like I was going to stay focused on, you know, the primary business.
2: I love it, man. Tim, uh, I'm going to ask you one last question, but before that, sure. what, uh, you know, person, our friend that's listening to us right now, hanging out with us, they're like this Tim Dick guy is the man. How do I, how do how do I hook up with Tim? Like where, do, where, do, where, do, where do you send people to find you and connect
0: with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, pretty much any, any social media platform, uh, Timothy Dick uh, or uh, TimothyDick.com, uh, any social media platform, or they can also go to ProfitLayer.com and uh, find me, find me through there.
2: Easy peasy. Last question I'd like to ask people is where do you find
0: community? Where do I find community? Um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of it for me is just really, um, small business owner groups. Uh, you know, there are some really, there are some masterminds that I'm in and things like that where I've gotten really close with people. And I think, that one of the things as entrepreneurs is that, you know, we don't always necessarily have the same issues that non-entrepreneurs do, you know? And so, uh, basically anywhere that other entrepreneurs are, ga- are kind of gathering, uh, you know, I think everyone should find at least one, uh, group of entrepreneurs that they regularly associate with and, uh, just realize that, uh, if you're vulnerable and, you know, open up that everyone is dealing with, a lot of the same things so uh, masterminds networking groups
2: awesome man Tim I want to acknowledge you dude you uh, showed up to this interview and you crushed it right like you are a guy that I didn't know before this I'm really really impressed with how evolved you were as a young man to be able to go from small-town West Virginia to you know big dog executive in Orange County man it's a really really amazing story and I'm, I'm really glad I got to share this moment with you, man. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the story, brother.
0: Thanks for having me on. It's uh, been great talking.
1: That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform and please recommend us to one or two people in your circle that will go a long long way to growing our community also if you could rate us on itunes just take a moment uh, to give us five stars and if they have more stars give all of them we'd greatly appreciate you for that and always always like subscribe